is Penny Alford, and I am your moderator today. Um, uh, sorry, I lost my thought here. Um, we will have George Porter talking in just a couple minutes. At 12.30, we will have lunch, and I ask everyone to put $14 in the basket, pick an accountant at your table to make sure that the money is right, and if you're only having coffee or tea, it is $2. Uh, the question, or this session will be recorded and available on SACPA's website, and we thank Shaw TV for recording our session, and it will be available later for a week. Um, let's see. At 12.30, did I say that already? We will have lunch, sorry. And today we have George Porter as our presenter. George started working in EMS in Calgary in 1974. He worked in urban and rural settings in the fire department, hospital, industrial, remote, and air ambulance, private, indigenous, and he has owned and operated EMS services. George has lobbied EMS management and Alberta Health Services for over nine years now over the lack of adequate area coverage by ambulances, especially in rural areas, and the reason for it offering multiple solutions to no avail. avail. He plans to continue to do so until this gross neg negligence is corrected. So um, let's get started and I can get my thoughts together. If you will all welcome George to the stand, we can get started. Thank you, Penny, and uh, thank you. I'm grateful for this uh, opportunity to uh, come and speak to you a little bit today. And I know the biggest draw is lunch, and so I will mm -hmm. do my best not to go over and and uh, waste your time with that. Good to see a few uh, few friends here. Jack Gladstone. Haven't grew up with Jack. Haven't seen him for many years, and uh, good to see him. Jim Bester, the Reeve from. Uh, Cardston County, and I actually found a Liberal supporter over here this, earlier on. I wasn't sure there were any in Alberta, but apparently there are. That was a joke. You, you can smile. <laughs> no, everything else. Um, I, I noticed the topic was: Is there a critical shortage of first responders in rural Alberta? And uh, basically, yes. And I suppose I could just say that and sit down, but I will talk a little bit about the reasons that there are. Is it a manpower shortage? No. Um, you're a little bit blessed down here in this part of the province. Is from my opinion and my perspective, EMS operates a little better down here than it does in the rest of the province. But th this isn't an isolated in, uh, issue. This is a province-wide problem with, with EMS. I've been flogging Alberta Health and beating this same drum for all, over nine years uh, with very little success, I'm, I'm sorry to say. Um, there's been a few good things that have, have transpired when Alberta Health took over EMS. Uh, getting rid of turf protection and borders is one of them. Uh, uh, a little better money for the uh, the staff and and uh, 
a little better equipment, uh, training, some things like that. But the operations have struggled from day one. And I, I took up this crusade when I was still working as a paramedic. And uh, because of the discrepancy and the problems that I was dealing with on a daily basis of long response times in totally inadequate area coverage, particularly in rural Alberta. You, you hear things on the media about code reds. They're always talking about the city. They're talking about Calgary, they're talking about Edmonton primarily, but they're talking about the cities. And a code red is when you have zero, you have no ambulances available to respond. And that hits the news, but after it's hit the news a number of times, it becomes old news and we have to come up with something else to get people's attention. But, uh, and the response you get from Alberta Health was, well, yeah, we have code reds, but they typically only last a few seconds or a few minutes, and they're over. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're monitoring the situation. We're considering options, you know, things like this. But nothing changes over nine years, and nothing has changed. They blame the previous government. Was there fault there? Possibly, likely. But that doesn't amount for the current government not doing something. And it's, uh, so I'm gonna talk a little bit about uh, some of these things that have gone on. Um, when they talk about code reds usually lasting a few seconds or a few minutes, um, I'm gonna give you a scenario that happened just fairly recently in Calgary. Calgary was in a code red. Now when it's, City goes in code red, they don't have any available ambulances in, in Calgary or Edmonton, whatever your, your city. They start sucking the units from the surrounding communities. So Calgary's in a code red here not too long ago. Um, both ambulances in Okotoks were in Calgary. The ambulance from High River, Black Diamond, Pritis, both Cochrane ambulances both Airdrie ambulances, Claire's home, uh, Chestermere rather, Carstairs, Strathmore. They were all in the city of Calgary doing calls or stuck in a hospital hallway someplace. So we're in code red for an undetermined amount of time and finally an ambulance at the Foothills Hospital is able to offload their patient. Code red's over. Think about that for a minute. Code red is over because now you have one ambulance available to respond out of the Foothills Hospital in Calgary, and you've got no ambulance anywhere else in the city or anywhere else in all these surrounding communities, but the code red is over. And that's all you hear about. This code red just lasted a very short period of time. And the obvious, the obvious problem with that is you're having chest pain or your loved one is in a car accident on the highway down south of Okotoke someplace or even on the far end of Calgary, your response times become ridiculous. I live in a rural area and rural people don't expect an ambulance to show up in two or three minutes. But you do expect some sort of a timely response. And you deserve some sort of a timely response. 
You expect somebody to show up. There's been incidents where an ambulance never has shown up. The other day, um, if I can find this here, yeah, recently in Calgary, in Calgary, had a five-year-old having multiple seizures, 55 minutes to get an ambulance there in the city. Recently, Okotoks was dispatched to a serious call in northwest Calgary. And again, not very long ago, Vulcan, the ambulance in Vulcan was dispatched for a cardiac arrest in Calgary. There's your nearest ambulance that you get with our new borderless system. This goes on every day, every day. You have to read response you get from the politicians is we're, we're monitoring it. Uh, you know, it doesn't happen very often. It's, uh, you know, code reds are real short-lived. Nobody talks about the time when you have code reds in rural Alberta, which is every day, every day. And uh, is, is patient care, the list goes on and on and on. I have, peop I have medics calling me constantly about ridiculous things that that have happened. When I was working out of Nanton, more than once we were dispatched to the Crow's Nest Pass for chest pain type call. You know, we're the nearest ambulance. And to totally, totally asinine. Um, is patient care compromised? Patients died waiting for an ambulance in these elongated times? Is the health minister aware? Absolutely. Absolutely, in every scenario. My longest response, just before I, I retired, and I retired and I told him, I said, I can't keep coming to work. I can't do this morally. It, every day I come to work, it feels like I'm contributing to the stupidity. And uh, my longest response time was an hour and 17 minutes for a chest pain collapse, a fellow that had collapsed with chest pain. Turned out to be a friend of mine, a guy I used to play hockey with. And uh, you know, you'd think somebody would, would step up. And I, I've told meeting people, oh, what's it take? What's, what's it take to, get, to change this? And I, I, I used to think, and I actually mentioned it to a couple of media outlets not too long ago, you know, what we need is a, is a dead baby a dead politician that's waited 45 minutes for an ambulance to show up. But I'm not sure even that would change anymore. I've seen so much of this go on for so long, I don't know what it would take. And I don't know why this is allowed to continue. Now, people say, yeah, you, all you do is complain, Porter. All you do is flap your gums and, and complain. What's your solutions? We've put forth a lot of solutions to the health minister to EMS management, all the way down. I, I can get people to agree, I can get people to acknowledge, but I have yet to get somebody to step up and do the right thing and actually fix the problem. And uh, as I say, I've been lobbying these folks a long time, and, and I'm going to run over just a, a few little reasons for this and what needs to happen. And I'll say it now and I'll say it again. What needs to happen is leadership. Just about any business, any company, anytime you have problems like this in an organization, 
almost without fail, it's a lack of leadership. Now, a few years ago, a number of years ago, there was uh, slogans put out that uh, for the public, don't guess, call EMS. That was a bad idea. That was a bad idea then, it's a bad idea now. And I saw one on, in the media the other day says, think before you call 911. That would be wonderful if people would do that. Um, I could tell you stories all day about people that don't think. Uh, but then if, if you cured that, then we'd probably be out of business. Um, one of the things they need to do is stop using ambulances as taxis. And, and each of these things are a little bit multifaceted. Social services will pay for an ambulance, but they won't pay for a taxi. So if somebody's got a boo-boo and they live half a mile from the hospital, they phone an ambulance because if they're on social services because then they don't have to pay for it, whether they need it or not. And, and I've actually been on calls where a guy meets me at the door, hat on, little stick, suitcase, ready to go. Well, I called the ambulance and I called taxi and you got here first, so I'll go with you. Uh, varia variations of this take up an awful lot of ambulance resources, uh, but there's no education out there, public education, on what is an emergency. And I've said that to the health minister and politicians. You can go to any hospital emergency department any time of the day or night, look around the waiting room, how many emergencies do you see in here? And I'm sure some of you have been there. How many emergencies do you see? It, they're not emergency departments. They've become convenience departments. And you see an influx of people, in the, particularly in the city, showing up 5, 6 o'clock after work with their kid that's had a runny nose for three days. That's easier than making a doctor's appointment, taking time off work, whatever you have to do to get your kid into the, the hospital, just take them to emerge. That's one of the problems that, uh, that plug up emergency departments and, and does affect EMS. Um, so, one thing you've got to do, stop using ambulances as taxis. Uh, the other thing is we do an awful lot of inter-facility transfers, of transferring a patient from a hospital to another hospital for treatment, for admission, for whatever. By Alberta Health's own admission, up to 80-some percent of these patients that we do with interfacility transfers do not require an ambulance. So, everybody here is thinking, then why are you doing them? That's how logical people think. Like, why are we using the only ambulance out of Vulcan that Vulcan covers that whole Milo Champion, Carmen Gay area. They'll take that ambulance out of Vulcan for somebody to go get for an eyeglass appointment, for insoles fitted for their shoes, for a dental appointment. Uh, because they happen to be in the hospital, they'll send them by ambulance there, and that ambulance will be gone for a wait and return, four hours, six hours, sometimes more. So you've got no emergency ambulance in that whole huge area until you get back with this, this transfer. This goes on every day, all day, every day, throughout the whole province, which is a ridiculous waste of resources. Been going on for years. And everybody says, yeah, yeah, we shouldn't be doing that, it's a bad idea. 
but we still do it. Nobody will step up and say, no, there's a better way, a cheaper way, a more efficient way of doing this. We just keep doing it and expect somehow this is all going to change and get better if we just ignore it long enough. I've seen times when every single ambulance between somewhere in Calgary and Lethbridge is on an interfacility transfer. There's not a single ambulance in that whole area to respond. Not one. And again, does that happen every day? That large of an area, not every day, but it happens frequently. And again, it's not just a, a local area problem, it's, it's province-wide. Um, the other big kicker in this whole thing is medics sitting, plugging up hospital hallways with patients for hours, and sometimes their entire shifts on end. When I was supervising up there, uh, we had a crew pick up a patient at 9 o'clock in the morning. Took him into the foothills, I think it was. Sat in the hallway with this patient the entire 12-hour day shift. The supervisor up there brought in the crew change at night, and they did crew change at the hospital. That crew sat with that same patient the entire 12-hour night shift in the hallway. The same supervisor brought the same day crew back to do shift change in the morning, and they sat with that patient for another four or six hours. So there's over two entire shifts that that car is not able to respond because they're sitting in a hospital hallway. You go to any, any city hospital any time of the day, and you'll very common to see 12, 14, 16 ambulances all parked outside. You think, holy smokes, must have been a disaster, must have been a big plane crash or something, all these ambulances here. 99% of them are sitting in the hospital waiting to offload their patient. And I've told EMS lead, lead management, I can't call them leadership, EMS management years ago, as long as you're willing to let these crews sit in hospital hallways, nothing's going to change. Why would it? Why would the hospital do anything different when they got this army of medics that are looking after patients in the, in the hospital hallway? And it's been going on for years, years. There's just at one hospital that's why you don't have any ambulances available to respond in your city. No experience, no idea about EMS, and they come up with on down, can't seem to figure out. Lack of leadership. A dysfunctional system in the hospital. Yeah, there's, hospital, there's problems at the hospital, but maybe we need some adequate leadership in the hospitals to get this sorted out. Now, I was mentioning one of the... Uh, the uh, media outlets here. Calgary's, you probably saw the last few days, been busy burning buildings down up there. And Airdrie to come down there because they got a lot of fires going on. The police get busy. They get real busy up there sometimes. Do they pull the police out of all these surrounding communities? Of course they don't. Why is it okay to do it with EMS? It's asinine. It, it makes no sense. And when we're stuck in the hospital, care. Our job is taking care of people out on the streets, out in the fields. We're not good at it. 
Would they take, pull some nurses off the floor and tell them come and man these ambulances and go do paramedic stuff on the streets? But would they be comfortable? No. But yeah, you could get some nurses that could happen. But yet it's okay to have all these medics stuck in the hospital. It's very poor patient care. And they're in a hospital. We're in a gray area. We're tree side of a hospital setting. So we're operating in a gray area and it's, and it's not good. No. Somebody needs to grab the reins of this leadership because nothing changes, nothing has changed, yet we expect different results by doing the same thing over and over again. And with all known, I've lobbied hard the last three health ministers with the same results. It's no, no difference right now. And I'll give you a brief example. In a, a letter, one upper man, and I, I thought about whether I should say anything about this or not, but it, it struck me as really funny in a, in a sick sort of way, but a lot of medics have sick sorts of ways. I did a few things out of this letter to the staff from upper EMS. We're very good at planning ahead. And I read that two or three times, and I thought, what? Pretty good at planning ahead for, because things aren't always the way they seem. And I read that two or three times. And over nine years, no one in management street can give you solutions that quick that are, make perfect sense. The other thing he said is staff need to look inward and change their attitude. We're seeing a rash, an epidemic of post-traumatic stress disorder in emergency services. Suicide, that is because lack of support, lack of leadership, caring and compassion about our own face. La, 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 la. <laughs> and it's pretty hard to do day of their life. They've waited 45 minutes. Okay, how am I, how am I gonna put a smile on this patient's face? How am I going to make the ones that are left to explain this and to deal with this every time they show up on a period of time, the medics have to deal with, with the frustration and the anger. And it, talk is cheap, and that's all we've got in the last nine years is talk and no action as to why, why that is after all this time. I told all these management guys, I had them all in the same room, and I said, I can be your best friend or I can be your worst pain in the butt. But I'll be here until this is fixed. Never in my wildest dreams did I believe that nine years later, I'd be singing this same old tune and nothing has changed. But I'll be here until this is fixed. Um, what EMS needs, in my opinion, is a passionate leader. I don't know who that, and I know most of these guys. They got some good people in there, and I don't know if, as I say, if their hands are tied or if they're, they're afraid or what it is, but we need a passionate leader. I don't, I don't know if, how many of you are familiar with uh, Scottish history or the movie Braveheart, William Wallace. I've told people before, I said, what EMS needs is a William or a Wilma Wallace, somebody that's willing to stand up and do the right thing for patient care, and do the right thing for the medics, and be sacrificed on the altar of Alberta Health Services if necessary, but stand up and do the right thing. 
and I'll leave that thought with you. Thank you for your time. Pleasure meeting you all and being here today.